Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why what happened with GameStop last week and why it's just another example of the past repeating. Then we'll get into the Australian Stock Market Report so I can share with you my thoughts on where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Dal Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. And remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show that's on every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now we all know the saying that history repeats, yet when some mass event occurs, we tend to think this time will be different, which is even more prevalent in those who are younger or far less experienced. Now I say this because for centuries the cycles of fear and greed in the stock market cause bubbles. Now whether this is an individual stock or the market, and with every bubble there is the inevitable bust that leaves destruction and devastation in its wake. Now in early 2018 the Bitcoin bubble exploded, yet only a few short weeks earlier the masses were saying this time it will be different and Bitcoin can't fall. In the early 2000s, when the end of the tech boom was approaching, we heard cries that the old economy was out and the new economy was in, and new inexperienced traders spouting that they can't lose. Yet, only a few short weeks later, this new tech economy was in ruin and those overconfident traders were decimated. Now, the challenges with COVID on our ability to work and our lives has now created another wave of new market participants, with traders now speculating on apps that make trading appear like a game. On top of this, we have chat forums ramping up the price of speculative stocks. And as is always the case, it's the young or less experienced that are attracted to this in the hopes of making a fortune. And yet again, they think they're bulletproof, as this time, it is different. Well, last week, GameStop, which is a video game retailer, gained notoriety after retail investors in the US pushed the share price up over 2,000% over the last three weeks. Now, although it did display weakness late in the week to close up around 1,600% over the three-week period, now, surprisingly, an Australian stock with the same stock code, which is a mining company, rose 109% during the same time as the inexperienced retail investors bought into what they thought was GameStop. 
Now, 85% of the gain occurred last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before falling heavily late on the Friday to end the week lower than it opened. Again, this is history repeating itself with the inexperienced falling prey to herd mentality and speculation. Now, while some may be making money now, through luck, history continually reminds us that this will change and when it does, the luck will run out and these traders will lose. Now, while the names and technology involved may be a little bit different, what has not changed is human psychology as fear and greed is running the herd just as it has done in the past and will do in the future in a cycle that I call rinse and repeat. When it comes to the stock market, nothing replaces knowledge and experience and those who do not heed this advice are bound to fall into the same traps of those who have come before them. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, after being the worst performer the prior week, utilities became the best performer, and that was up 1.29%, followed by consumer staples, that was up 1.1%, and consumer discretionary, that was up 0.21% for last week. Now, the worst performing sectors last week, they included energy, which was down 8.89%, with materials down 5.90%, and information technology down 3.02% for the week. Now, the best performers in the ASX S&P 100 top 100 stocks included IDP Education, and that was up 12.59%, followed by Treasury Wines Estates, and that was up 7.83%, and A2 Milk, and that was up 5.52% for the week. Now, the worst performers included Ampol, and that was down 14.89%, and that was followed by Beach Energy, down 12.03%, and Oil Search, that was down 10.8%, um, with both Fortescue and Mineral Resources also down over 10% for the week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the chance for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. Well, wasn't last week quite an interesting week? We saw all sorts of manner of happenings on the US market, which saw it quite bearish last week with the Dow and the S&P down over 3% and our own market falling away in the, I suppose, the turmoil, if that's what we'd like to talk about it. But as I was saying last week in my report, I did think the market would sort of peak last week um, if it hadn't already done that and then started to fall down into February. And I still think that's happening. But let's go and have a look at the chart. Um, first up on the screen is, is the monthly chart. And this is the one I was looking at majorly last week. And I did have a few people comment that they thought it was great that I looked at the long-term move of the market and just reminded people that this longer-term picture, you really do need to focus on because it's so easy to get trapped into the day-to-day -day goings on. I mean, only you know last week we talked a bit about game stock earlier in my report, um, but there were people in Australia buying a stock code that had the same um, stock code as GameStop in the US. And it was a speculative mining company here in Australia. And it went up on the Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday up over, I think, 100% uh, roughly, only to come back and close the week lower than it started because these people were mistakenly buying the wrong stock. So you really, got to, really do have to understand the bigger picture and not get caught up in the short-term emotions of the marketplace. Now, this chart was the same chart as I showed you last week. I've only added this one line, which is the one where my pointer is there, and I'll 
click on it so you can see and I've just drawn it across the bottoms of these sort of major troughs uh, back in 2016 and 2019 there just to show you the momentum that we've had since the GFC because momentum constantly changes on our marketplace sometimes it's very short term like we've seen more recently with the big bullish move up in November so it's short term sometimes it's more medium sometimes it's longer term because the market trades under multiple different time frames you know we're talking about intraday we're talking about daily weekly monthly yearly centuries and each one has a momentum that it trades under so this big gray line here that's the longer term momentum and the shorter term momentum over the last sort of decade or so has been a little bit faster and obviously the, the momentum since March last year has been quite stronger but it wouldn't surprise me if this market came back below that blue line that I've got there in some way maybe touching around that so anywhere between uh, 6,400 maybe to even closer to 6,000 but probably maybe 6,200 it might pull it up uh, at this point in time it might it's as I said this probability will come back towards that level there it may not get that far over the next couple of weeks um, but we'll, that remains to be seen. But let's go and have a look at the weekly chart and have a bit more of a closer look on it so to get a bit of an idea. Now, I've put a, actually, before I do, I want to show you something. I'll go back to the monthly chart. Sorry for flipping around a little bit. Um, if I open this up and we look at here, we see the big move here on November. You can see here the opens on the left on there at the bottom there where my pointer is. The close for the November is right where my pointer is and the highway is a bit more. Big strong move, but then here was December, and we can see here there's weakness in that bar. So that was giving us or alerting us to saying the momentum had overheated a little bit. Again, this is a monthly chart, not a daily one. You can read the same things on a daily, uh, but this is monthly. And here is January. Now we finished January. It opened there where my point or my pointer is. It traded right up to that level of 7118 and it's closed right down the bottom. So January wasn't a spectacular month in the end in terms of growth for the Australian market. As you can see, it opened at 6850 and closed only 20 points higher at 6870. So people were getting in trying to trade and obviously watching the market come back in the last few days, which it did last week, is a more, much more um, short-term bearish signal at the moment, but it does pay to really look at those charts and understand what is actually happening. But if I just expand that out a little bit, you can see what happened last week with last week's bar being quite bearish. Now, what actually happened is we saw the All Ordinaries Index pop through the previous high. So you can see the high there is 7118, where the week before was 7113. So five points popped its head up and then it headed south. So it headed south. So Monday it went up, made that new high. Uh, Tuesday the market was closed for Australia Day and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday it traded down and that's what the market's doing. But interestingly, you know, we're looking at this fall. Now I'm saying the fall could be down below this level here, which is 6,400 and come all the way down possibly to around 6,000 points. But I'd say to find somewhere in the middle here, somewhere around about 6,2, I'd say to probably find some support around 6,2. Uh, it's more likely that it will go down for probably at least one more week, possibly two, and it could even go into March at this stage. And it remains to be seen what is actually going on at the moment, but it'd be at least two weeks. Um, I would see possibly three, um, but we do need to expect it could go longer, but I'm saying, thinking one to two weeks and possibly down to around about that below 6,500 points in that sort of area. There. Now, if it doesn't do that and start to move up again, hey, that's great. That means our market will do very, very nicely through into March and April, making a new all-time all high above that uh, high that we had there in February 
from last year at 7289. So just how deep and how fast or in how deep in terms of price and how longer it takes will determine how bullish the market will be when it comes out of it. At the moment, it, I would just be sitting back and waiting, making sure I've got stops on the stocks that I do own, but not worrying too much. The market's not going to crash. I'm not worried about that. It's just going to pull back a little bit in a normal market cycle. So that's my take on the market today. So let's get into your questions that you had for me. All right, the first question we have today is from Adam, who says, Hi Dale, thanks for another fantastic video. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Coles Group. They seem to have achieved steady growth thus far with no major pullback since listing back in late 2018. So let's go and have a look at Coles Group for Adam. Now, you are right, it's been a really, really good stock over it since it actually did float. And you can see there on the left, as always, we have a monthly chart and on the right, there is our weekly chart here. But again, like anything, you know, Stocks will go up, stocks will go down, and at this point in time, Coles has done beautifully. There's no reason for me to get too nervous on it, but following on from what I was talking about a minute ago on the All Ordinaries Index, you can see all these bars through here, one, two, three. So this is January, that's December, um, and this is November. So we had a move up out of that low there from September last year. Moved up, nice strong bar. November wasn't strong, it opened, pushed up, came right back. December pushed up, came right back. And obviously January pushed up, came right back, but it's holding up around here. See all the opens and closes are really, really close. So they're between, uh, that close there is 17.75 and that one there is 18.21. So not a big model movement over the last three months. It's just showing that the momentum on this stock has slowed. And you can see here, again, 18.21, here's the close there at 18.17, back in July last year. So if you'd owned that stock since July last year, you really haven't made any money because of this momentum has actually slowed. We had a couple of beautiful strong months, slowed down. So I'm not saying this is a bearish thing at this point in time. I'm saying if you do own the stock, just be careful. Just make sure you do have a stop loss on it. If I use my normal little trend line tool, and you can see here from roughly down around here, you can see that's the roughly the momentum of that market all this stock sorry so you can see it could possibly fall away come right down in here over the next few weeks and then start to take off but wouldn't be too worried about it but let's go quickly to the weekly chart and again you can see some weakness through here but last week was a little bit weak but for me to be a bit more excited about this now if i didn't own this and i'll qualify that I wouldn't be buying this though, I think, until it got through that sort of level there about 1926. But if I did own it, I'd be making sure I've got my stop losses on it, whether it's a trailing stop loss or whether uh, it's another type of stop loss that you're actually using. Um, I would just put that on there and just sit back and while it's going up, I'd stay with it. And if it starts going down, use my stop loss and exit. But you are right, I do like the stock. I think it's still good medium to longer term, but we might see some short term weakness. But thank you for asking the question, Adam. Now, the next question we got is from, I think your name is Rijish, if I say that right uh, or correctly. Please tell me if I didn't get it right. Um, who says, hi, what is your view on ASX option writing for regular income? Uh, is the market liquid and suitable? I love your question, Rajesh. It's Is options writing good? Yes, it is. It is good for income. There's a couple of challenges with options writing in Australia. One is it it is good for income, and most people that do it are people that are needing the income. So it generally tends to be people in their retirement ages. Now, you can pick up anywhere sort of between 2 and roughly 6% of your portfolio on a monthly basis um, if you want to trade options now, or sorry, not trade options, if you want to write options. 
on top of your shares. Now, normally, just to explain it to a few for others who don't understand what writing options is. Now, an option is the right, but not the obligation to, to do something at a predetermined date down in the future. Now, somebody will pay for that option to be able to do whatever that option says you can actually do. Now, just to explain what an option is or writing an option is, it's basically a contract that uh, has two parties in there that one says you um, allows you to have the right but not the obligation to do something at a predetermined um, date in the future for a predetermined price. For example, buy a stock in BHP. So, for example, if I was writing a call option on BHP, I might say in my contract, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say BHP at X price in six weeks' time. Now, somebody might go, well, I think BHP is going to go up, um, and if I can buy it for this price and it goes above that price, then I can make that difference. So, yeah, I'll pay maybe $500 for that option. And so, as the writer of that, uh, of that contract, uh, or the writer of the option, I get the $500 in my bank account, so I've got some income, but that person then has the right in six weeks' time to buy BHP or my BHP shares for whatever price we've stipulated on the contract. And as I said, if it's below the current price of BHP, they're likely to do that. If it's not, they don't. Um, and from what, without getting too complex on here, basically options writing is very, very low risk for the person writing the option. It's actually probably the lowest risk thing you can do pretty much in the stock market. So you can't, it's basically a can't lose situation. But you do really need a few shares to be able to do that. You generally need like a thousand shares in a BHP. So it can be for more so for larger portfolios to make the effort worthwhile. Um, that's probably one of the detractions on it. Is the market liquid? Yeah, it is. It's, a nut. it's not super liquid in Australia. Um, and the ASX know that, they, they keep trying to get people to do more options. But there are market makers within uh, the, uh, in the space and the ASX have those market makers to make a market. But as the writer of the option, you just write it and somebody else will buy it from you. You're not actually trading the option. If you're actually trading the options, you're, you're buying put, put and call options, I'd say a little bit more. You need to be very, very skilled in doing that. But if you're just writing options, I think it's pretty simple. And as I said earlier, you can get anywhere between 2 and 6% um, per month on your portfolio. So if you've got a half a million dollar portfolio, that could be some really good income. But if you've only got twenty or thirty or fifty thousand dollars it's probably not worth the effort um, from from that point of view and you're probably a bit off doing something something else but it's a great uh, way for people to make some income very very low risk especially retirees especially those with self-managed super funds with good portfolios there but there's some great there's a great book on the ASX website uh, basically it's options um, the whole options market explained for you it's free you just go to the ASX website asx.com.au uh, and I can't remember where it is now because they've changed their website a couple of months ago but it, if you, you'll be able to go into the options market and there'll be an information document it's perfect and it will help you out there but thank you for asking that question I really do appreciate it. it's a really well thought out question so please keep sending those sorts of questions in the next question we have is from somebody called C Phil who says g'day Dale can you please share your thoughts on Mount Gibson uh, please I bought into it at 72 cents and another parcel at 92 cents um, it appears to have some resistance around the dollar mark but I think it should break through in view of the strong iron ore prices at the moment. Ah, interesting. I have a lot of people tell me what they think, and it's basically there's an old saying in trading, trade on confirmation, not speculation. 
and to me I think is more speculation. So whilst you might like it to go through a dollar um, and keep going up, considering you bought a parcel at 92 cents, um, it may not ever do that and iron ore doesn't have to keep going up in price. It could actually go down and Mount Gibson could go down, but I'm not looking at the chart there. But let's go and look at the chart and see what we talk about for Mount Gibson in terms of their chart. And you said you bought some at 72, um, which is down around here. So you bought that at the right, right point in time, but then you've just said you've bought some around 92. So let me put those on the chart there and I'll just, if I just open that up just to show you. So if I get a horizontal line and we put uh, one at 92 around, just around there, roughly there. So that's where you bought one and the other one is around 72. So you bought the other one. I'm not sure why you got in around 72. I thought it was quite early and not necessarily confirming. I'm not sure what your rules were to get in. And I'm not sure why you bought again at 92. And a lot of people do this and we see this, Janine and I see this on our live show that people say, I bought here and I bought here again. And I'm not sure why you did that because depending on how much you bought there, if you bought a thousand Mount Gibson shares there and you bought a thousand Mount Gibson shares there, this move down, every every cent that goes down into the negative territory is taking a cent off the profit of here. So it does, it's, it's putting you at more risk. Now, right now, at this point in time, yeah, there's resistance around that dollar mark. There, there very much is, but it was showing me here, right through here, they're showing me that it's, that is running out of momentum. We only had two big bars up. Momentum was slowing, but it doesn't need to mean mean that needs to be sold at that particular point in time. It just needs means you need to have a good stop loss on it. So right now, hopefully you do have a stop loss on it. Right now, it, it possible it could come down for another week. I would suggest if it comes down into that sort of 80, yeah, so roughly around, let me have a look at what's going on here. Um, let me look at this whack in here. Yeah, look at that. I would suggest somewhere around 80, 85 cents. If it starts going sort of below that sort of level, uh, it's likely to come right back down to where my pointer is, back into this sideways pattern. So just be careful of that. Otherwise, you'll lose all of your profit. As I said, the more it moves down, the more profit you're losing on this stock uh, from this first trade because your second trade's in a loss already. Um, and from where the, I'm thinking the market is at the moment, I'm not sure whether you're going to get any joy out of that um, stock over the next week or two weeks, even even probably a month. So just be careful around that. As I said, I don't understand why you bought where you bought. And I also don't understand why you added to that position around 92 cents, especially given you know there's resistance around a dollar. That's too close for my book. Um, if you know there's already resistance above it, then I would sit back and wait till it gets over above it rather than have that. I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you had this fear, but like the fear of missing out of this move up. I would rather trade on confirmation, like I said earlier, than speculation. Trade on what I know, not what I think. Um, and then once it does it, then I can make that decision about, yes, it's still a good trade. But thank you very much for the question and putting the stock up. Now, the next question I've got is from Transcendence, who says, hi, Dale, another great episode. Thank you very much. Um, on your analysis of the XAO, you suggest our markets are likely to return to normal growth. Is it possible the market has a new normal, even temporarily, uh, with the Robinhood traders now being active and interest rates being at record lows. Now, real estate still has a high barrier of entry with high prices. So maybe the stock market is where the majority of focus for the returns over the next few years will be. Um, yeah, I don't discount that. I think the, the, there's always a new norm. 
but is there really? Um, and what I mean by that is you've seen me looking at volatility and momentum on the Australian market, um, even on today's recording on my take on the stock market today, showing you different momentum. And momentum and volatility changes all the time. And because and, volatility can't be predicted, anybody tells you they can, they've actually lied to you. Volatility can happen because of something like a chat forum like we saw with Robin Hood and that GameStop um, issue. Now, to me, don't worry about those things. That's It's just a different way of trading now. You know, it just it makes it quicker. That's all it's doing. And I've said that in the past uh, when people have asked me, is, are we in a new sort of market right now? Or have has the market changed forever? And it really is. It's just so easy for people to switch their brain off and just touch a green button on their phone and buy shares that they shouldn't be. I mean, there was another example of Elon Musk um, a week or two ago talking about a stock, and I can't remember the name of it. It was saying, instead of using WhatsApp, use this stock, use this um, application for your messaging. So that's all he was saying. But then people in the US went out and bought the stock of a company with the same name but and ramped that up and it was a mining company and it was a speculative mining company in the US. Now they kept they bought it and drove these Robin Hood traders bought it. And yet the stock he was talking about wasn't even listed on any exchange in the US. It's actually not even a listed company at all. So you couldn't buy the shares in that stock. So these Robin Hood traders blindly hit this button buying this stuff. So that's sort of is that a new norm? Yes it is a little bit. Um, but is it long term? No, I don't think it changed. Human psychology doesn't change. And what will happen is we see these things pop up for a little bit of a while, then things go bang and, you know, bubbles happen and bubbles burst. And I think the bubble will burst um, because right now we're looking at a lot of people have a lot more time given, the, especially in the US, where a lot more people are unemployed than that in, in Australia. And, you know, we've got people on JobKeeper, JobSeeker still in Australia for the next couple of months so people have more time when they've got more time they want to make money they'll start playing with the stock market but when things get back to more normal in the marketplace in terms of people going back to their work they won't have time to play like this sort of stuff so I do agree though that the stock market is the way to make money in the next few years um, you know younger people are struggling to get into property so um, but property still will be a good investment for those who can afford to get into it I think but I, as I said but I think the best opportunities are in the stock market so I totally agree with what you're saying there um, but I think to me it's just momentum and emotions in the market change they get heightened and then they go back to normal they get heightened and they go back to normal fear greed fear greed keep swinging between the two so nothing to be worried about and that, that's what I'm saying is uh, the best traders will stay out of those chat forums the best traders won't listen to the noise the best traders carve their own path and they don't follow the herd because uh, herd mentality will cause you to make more emotional decisions and uh, then when you're making more emotional decisions you'll get it wrong and it will take your money so yes you might be making money now some people may be making money now some people may be thinking they're bulletproof that they can't lose but they will get a lesson because one thing I know about the market is it doesn't care how good you are or how good you think you are how good looking you are or how fantastic you think you are it just takes your money when you don't respect it and you do really need to respect the market and, and solid analysis and good education, good experience wins. 
more often than anybody who's trying to speculate. Thanks for sending in your questions and indeed for all of those who, or all of you who participated in our channel over the last few months or even the last few years. Now, last week, I actually asked which stock you thought would outperform this year. And I must admit, we got a wide variety of suggestions from good blue chip stocks to some not so blue chip, if you get what I mean. Now, I really did enjoy looking at your responses as it really showed us that we all have different ideas and approaches to the market. So again, thanks to everyone who actually commented on that. Now, if you have any questions that you would like me to answer, just stick them below. Happy to answer your questions. Now, my question for this week is, well, for this week, my question is, given what occurred in the US stock market last week, with GameStop and with some Elon Musk Twitter post. I'd like to get your thoughts. Do you think ramping stocks in social media platforms should be allowed or not? And why do you think that? Now remember that here on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every week and we also do a live stream every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. where Jenny and I get on there and help you out with our expert opinions and answering your questions. Also remember to hit the subscribe button now and click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload videos and go live with our live stream. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.